Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. But God's put a seal on everyone that has put their faith in Christ. Uh, Ephesians 1.13 says, In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so every believer, the moment you put your faith in Christ, God sealed you with the Holy Spirit. So every believer has the Holy Spirit. It's God's seal upon you that you belong to the Lord. The book of Revelation, it's all about God's wrath and judgment being poured out. But did you know, if you're a follower of Christ, you've been sealed. You've been delivered by the blood of the Lamb, saved from the wrath of God. In the message today, Pastor Bill will remind you that the Lord sent the Holy Spirit to convict you, guide, and direct your ways. What a blessing to know that you don't have to flounder through this life alone and face God's judgment. If you haven't accepted Jesus into your life, it's not too late today. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 7 as he begins his message, Signed, Sealed, Delivered. All right, we're continuing our study through the book of Revelation. Today we're going to cover chapter 7 and if you've been following along, we've been we're in the we're in the future part of the book of Revelation. So the book broke down into past, present, future. At chapter four, the first part of the future was there was a rapture and the churches in heaven with the Lord. In chapter five, four and five, the churches with God were in heaven. Chapter six began what we call the tribulation period, where um, after the church is removed from earth through the rapture, God pours out his wrath on a world that has rejected him. So Last week in chapter six, we looked at six of seven seals. As each seal was removed, there was a different judgment that went out on the earth. And so God is pouring out his wrath on the earth. A question was asked in the last verse of chapter six that is answered in chapter seven. So if you look at chapter six, verse 17, it says, for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. So as we come to chapter 7, we're going to be introduced to two groups, the 144,000 and another innumerable group of all tribes, nations, tongues that are in heaven. And so we'll see two groups that are able to stand and why they're able to stand through the tri- that you know that, that come out of the tribulation period. So with that, I titled today's message Fine, Sealed, Delivered. I know I'm yours. I want to throw that in too, but uh we, we will see in this chapter as God seals those that belong to him. So we're going to look at that. We're going to see that they're delivered by the blood of the lamb. So chapter seven of Revelation, look at verse one. It says, after these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea or on any tree. And so if you guys remember so far, it looks like when God would send out the the different judgments, God was using angels to carry these things out. So John, who's getting the revelation, um, he sees these four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. Now, I know we got some real special people in the world today that want to make it flat. So they're like, look, it says four corners. It's flat. No, that's not what it means. The four corners is speaking of all four directions, north, south, east, west. Amen. 
I just want to clear that up because there's some special people out there. I know, I know y'all not here today, but just in case y'all know them, uh, north, south, east, and west. So basically from every direction, uh, the angels are holding up the wind. And we're going to see in a moment, God gave them power over the wind because these angels are going to bring they're going to bring judgments to the earth that is going to affect, you know, the trees and the wildlife and everything else. And so um, we have these four angels holding the four winds of the earth in all four corners, north, south, east and west. Then in verse two, it says, then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea saying, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And then he says, and I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. So let's go back. So we have the angel first. The First, we have angels at the north, south, east, and west holding the winds of the earth. They're getting ready to tear up some stuff. Then another angel comes and says, stop, stop, don't do it yet. Wait, this angel has the seal of God. And he says, wait, first, let me go seal the servants of God on their forehead before y'all tear up. So let me explain the seal of God, why that was a big deal, why this is happening during the tribulation period. And, and what does that mean for us? Right. So for the tribulation period, everybody that was not born again at the time of the rapture, what happens to those people? They get left behind. They're all on earth. Now, God, because he's so merciful, and we're going to see a lot about that today, even in the period of his wrath, there is mercy mingled in wrath, that God is still saving people during this period of time. And so there are going to be a number of Jews, what we're going to see in just a moment, this 144,000 that come to the Lord. So God gives one angel a seal and said, I want you to go seal my servants. In the ancient world, seals would have been a familiar thing. Kings, those that own things would have a seal. Uh, the king's seal would let you know that, that it would identify a thing as having belonged to the king or having come from the king. In our era, you know, I guess those that maybe do, people that have herded cows or whatever, we know that, you know, different, different farms have their own brand. They'll brand their animals so that, if my cow wanders on the yo field, you see that Buffington brand, bring me back my cow, run me my cow back over here, you know, uh, just identifying that it belongs to me. You can't slaughter it. It's mine. That sort of thing. Well, God seals a little different because what God, as he seals them during this time where his wrath is going out, God's seal is going to mean that there are things that don't touch them, that don't happen to them. God is saying, I, I'm claiming them. I'm, I'm claiming ownership. They belong to me. While his wrath is being poured out all over, there are some things that won't happen to this group because they have the seal of God on their forehead. Now, for those that wonder, what was God's seal? What did it look like? In Revelation chapter 14, verse 1, it tells us, Then I looked and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. So somehow the seal of God is God's name written on their foreheads. Uh, how many of us in here like tattoos? Might show of hands. You might like tattoos. All right. How many don't like tattoos? You don't like them. All right. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing, right? In heaven, there, there's going to be tattoos, essentially, right? That when we see later on in Revelation, the, the Jesus, when he finally comes on a white horse, he's going to have written on his thigh, 
King of Kings. He got a thigh tat. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then literally, when you look up the word written, it's, it's permanent writing. So it's, it's the same verbiage that we use for the words tattoo. So for those that don't like him, when you get there, he's going to write on you a new name on your forehead. So for y'all that's like, don't get a face tat, which I don't recommend you do here, you know, but uh, you're going to have one then. He's going to write on you. So just, yeah, you know, so just, just you know, I, I used to tell the high school kids that were dying to get them. Like, even if your mama wants to get them now, you eventually going to get one. It's going to be, you know, God's going to give you one. So y'all all going to, your mama going to get one too if she saves. So, but anyway, God seals them and it's the name of God on their forehead. Now, we've talked already about how the Satan is the master counterfeiter, right? Now, as God seals his people that they belong to me um, and there's some things that won't happen to them, what does Satan copycat this and do later on? You got to get a mark if you yeah, exactly in order to buy and sell. You got to get this mark. He's it's this little phony baloney seal on folks that belong to him. And so um, he's a, that's what he does throughout history. Satan is a fraud, counterfeiter, copycat of everything God does. In reality, Satan offers some ingenuine version of it. And so we see that here in Revelation. But why does God seal them? We're going to see as we continue, we won't see it all in this chapter, but the 144,000 are going to be mightily used of God to witness on the earth at this time. There is something else significant about it. So before we talk about the 144,000, God seals them. I just want to note that God also seals us. And so his seal upon us, we're not tribulation saints, but God's put a seal on everyone that has put their faith in Christ. Uh, Ephesians 1.13 says, in him... You also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so every believer, the moment you put your faith in Christ, God sealed you with the Holy Spirit. So every believer has the Holy Spirit. It's God's seal upon you that you belong to the Lord. And it does provide you protection. If you belong to the Lord, Satan doesn't just have free access to you. Y'all know that? Anything, anything he want to do with me, he got to go by dad first. There's no free. You can't just run up in my life and do some stuff. So so for me, I'm confident that whatever happens to me has been father filtered. If I go out and somebody stole wheels off my car, I'm saying, God, you could have prevented that. And you let that happen. So, But I mean, I'm serious. I, that helps me out. Right. You could have prevented it. You let it happen. Therefore, this isn't the, this, this is not the end of me. Um, there's some divine purpose in this. And. I will look to you for direction on how to handle it. So put my gun away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lord, you're in control. You know, that helps me. That's saving lives out there. I know God is in control, that nothing's happening to me that didn't pass by him. And anything God's allowing in my life is to build me up and make me stronger, not to break me down. Amen. So we're sealed. Another verse, 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22, God says, God who has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The Holy Spirit is a seal and it's also a guarantee. It's how we know we belong to God. It's how we know that, you know, when we die, how do I know I'm going to go to heaven? God says the Holy Spirit is your guarantee. So how do you identify whether or not you have the Holy Spirit? Look at what the Holy Spirit does, right? One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is he's to convict you of all sin. So if you've ever experienced conviction, right? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. I know I belong to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is here to guide us into all truth. Holy Spirit is there directing us, guiding us. And so when I first got saved, I almost got wrapped up in a cult. But the Holy Spirit didn't let it happen. God led me to the Lord, who was a new believer. 
His wife got invited. Some people invited themselves over their house to do a Bible study. And my buddy was like, oh, you should come through. We're going to be a Bible study at my, at my house. So I went. I'm a new believer. I'm excited to go to Bible study at the house with my buddy. And I went. And it was weird. It just felt weird. I didn't know no verses. I didn't know John 3.16. It just didn't feel right. That all the women took his wife into the back room. And I'm like, why are they taking your wife? Like in another room. Like, that's weird. That's I mean, You can't talk to my wife without me present. You know, like we just met y'all, you know. Then we're in the living room talking and it was my buddy was getting ready to get baptized at Calvary South Bay. And they were like, well, no, you can't do that. They were like, you got to we, we got to take you through these teachings that we have. Then you get baptized through us. And he was like, well, no, their baptism is next week. And they're they, they telling him he can't do it. And I'm like, something in me was like, that don't feel right. And I just kept hearing things that I didn't, I didn't I didn't understand what it was. And I called the pastor of the church I went to and I said, hey, I just came from this home Bible study and the people were saying weird things. They said this. That. He was like, oh, man, that's a cult. And you see, he knew the name. He said, that's Church of Christ. I'm like, yeah. He said, yeah, tell them don't come back, you know, kick them out. I look back and I think that was the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth saying, don't do that. That's not me. You just just, you know, I, I can tell you, I didn't, I didn't know John 316 at that time. But the Holy Spirit was like, no, nah, I don't accept this. And I, did, I was like, yeah, I, I felt obstinate. Like, I, I was trying to be a good new Christian, but I'm like, I don't agree with everything y'all saying, man. I'm like, I want to I box with y'all, you know? So, so moving on. We look for the evidence of the Holy Spirit alive in us. It's how we know we belong to the Lord. So we are also sealed by the Holy Spirit. Last thing, uh, we're sealed, so we're separated. We're it's our guarantee we belong to the Lord, but the Holy Spirit also, in the life of the believer, it should cause us to live lives that are separate separate to the Lord. In 2 Timothy 2.19, it says, The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That it should cause us to turn away from sin, knowing that God knows those who belong to him. And lastly, Ephesians 4.30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. And the idea there is we think about grieving. God lives in you, the Spirit of God. So what if, what if I go do what I'm not supposed to do? And the Holy Spirit is, he's grieved. Any parent that's watched a kid do the wrong thing and you couldn't stop them, you just watched them. It just, ah, oh, I hate this. It just, just, that's what it is to grieve. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Like just. He's there. Think about that. There's nowhere you go if you're born again, the Holy Spirit, you take him with you. So if y'all was at the club, the Holy Spirit was there. It's like, I don't like this. He's grieved. I'm not trying to make y'all feel bad, but feel bad. So, so that's what happens, right? You can grieve the Holy Spirit. So we're sealed as they are, but we're in two different time zones. Right? We're, we're during the church age. For them, it happens during the tribulation period. They're sealed as we're also sealed. Now, Let's look at this group, the 144,000. There's lots of groups that have claimed to be the 144,000, namely the one that we probably all are most familiar with is Jehovah's Witnesses. They've claimed to be the 144,000. But so back in the day, the Mormons had claimed to be the 144,000. Ellen G. White of the Seven Day Adventists claimed that they were the 144,000. And somebody from the Ted Armstrong from the Worldwide Church of God claimed to be the 144,000. So we're going to look at who they are and how we know that none of the groups that claim to be them are them. And when someone shows up at your door thinking that they were, we're going to know why they're not. So let's look at the first thing it says in verse four. And I heard a number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all 
the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. First thing we note is that they are Jewish. So that's the first thing. These are Jewish people that are being sealed. Some say, oh, well, no, that's just kind of, you know, they spiritualize the book of Revelation. So they say, no, that's it's just symbolic of the people of God. It's really speaking about the church. Because then he gets really specific and he goes and names each tribe and says 12,000 from this tribe and 12,000 from that tribe. So if it wasn't clear enough that he said from the children of Israel, he gets more specific and he tells us each tribe. Bear with me as I read through these tribes with you real quick. Starting at verse five, five through eight of the tribe of Judah. Twelve thousand were sealed of the tribe of Reuben. Twelve thousand were sealed of the tribe of Gad. Twelve thousand were sealed of the tribe of Asher. Twelve thousand were sealed of the tribe of Naphtali. 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Manasseh. 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Simeon. 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Levi, who was not normally listed because Levi uh, were given to the priesthood. So they didn't have an inheritance in the land. Their inheritance was God, but they're listed here. Of Levi, 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Ishakar. 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Zebulun. 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Joseph. 12,000 were sealed and of the tribe of Benjamin. 12,000 were sealed. That for me would make it emphatic that God is like, now these are definitely Jewish people. Amen. So when the Job witnesses at my door saying that they're, you know, they, they, that number filled up. So that, that, that was an elect group for them. Like they, that's a, this is a Jewish group exclusively. These are national Jews, but it's even more about them. Everybody turn to Revelation chapter 14 with me. Revelation 14, one through five gives us more about the group that, would make it clear that, that they couldn't be them. Uh, Revelation 14, starting at verse 1, when you get it, say, got it. All right, it says, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, with them 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder, and I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song, before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. Now, verse four, these are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. So these are 144,000 Jewish people that are virgins. So when Job wouldn't show up at my door with their kids in tow, <laughs> you couldn't be one of them. Your mama couldn't have been one. These are this is a special group. They're, they're not defiled with women. They are virgins. That's very specific, is it not? They're Jewish people. They're virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits to God and to the Lamb, and in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And so I want to suggest to you why I believe there's so much of an attack on that. One of the reasons that people claim to be the 144,000, because they want to eliminate Jewish people from, from God's, you know, God's prophetic picture. So there, there's a thing called replacement theology, where people say that the church has replaced Israel. That is not true. Um, every, every study of Old Testament, your Old Testament, you know, prophetic books is always pointing to God's future plans for Israel. God's never at any point said he was done with them or replaced them. The church is here. They rejected Christ. The Jews did. The church is saved as a result. We, we get born. We get grafted in. Um, but God doesn't say I'm done with them. God says I got a plan for them yet in the future. 
When God makes a covenant, God makes an agreement. Even when people are unfaithful, God is still faithful. Amen. And God uses the Jews to demonstrate to the church how faithful he is. God's like, look, look at how unfaithful Israel has been. The Jews at large have rejected Christ. And God is still saying, still got a plan for him. I still, there's still hope for them. Still, as part of my end time sequence, I'm going to save a gang of them at the last part. They're going to get saved. They're going to finally get it during the tribulation period. I'll take them when I get them. They're going to finally get saved then. That's God's heart. Way back in the book of Hosea, in your Old Testament, Minor Prophets, God used, again, Israel and their disobedience to demonstrate how he loved them. Poor, poor Hosea. God told the prophet Hosea, I want you to go out to the street and find a harlot and marry her for a wife. That's what God told Hosea. So I don't think anybody here would recommend that. I wouldn't tell no single brother, hey, you know, you should go find you a wife, you know. But God told Hosea to go do that. He went and married this woman named Gomer. Cute name. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> but he married her and she was unfaithful. So he picked someone that was, this seemed like they weren't going to be faithful to begin with. It wasn't a good pick. He picked her. God saying, that's when I chose Israel, I, I knew what you were when I picked you. Then after I picked you, because she went out and she was unfaithful in the marriage. She had children that weren't his in the marriage. And so, like God said, that's like you guys, I, 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 I came and got you. And you guys have been unfaithful. And you guys have borne fruit of unfaithfulness since we've been together. Then she left him and went back to her harlotry. She left him to go back to what she was doing when he found her. And then God tells the prophet Hosea in chapter 3, he says, go again and love a woman who is being loved by a lover. That's right now. She's cheating on you right now. Go back and get her. And if you go read the book of Hosea, he had to go buy her back. Right. Just just put this in your mind. He had to go. The woman that was already unfaithful. Now she's out there with whoever doing whatever. And you got to go get her and buy her. And she was cheap. When you look at what he paid for her, it was it, it, it was representative of the fact that she, you know, she was probably not in the best of condition, but he, he had to go buy her back. And when it was all said and done, God said, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel. And poor Hosea, God did that to him just to make an example of how he loves. God, look, I picked you when there was nothing great about you. You were unfaithful when I came back and I bought you and I brought you back into relationship with me and I made a covenant with you. And that's what the whole book of Hosea teaches us. So God will use Israel in their disobedience to demonstrate how he loves us. He'll use the fact that he's faithful when they're not faithful to show the church how he is, how faithful God is. Now, if I'm looking at God and Israel, how unobedient, how disobedient they've been, how God is still sticking by covenant with them. As a, as a Christian, I'm quite confident that I'm like God's faithful. God keeps his word. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a better situation and I understand God a little better. Amen. So be, be weary of that. The church does not replace Israel. Israel is still Israel. The Jews are still the Jews and the church is the church. We do not replace them because that's what a lot of people want to do. They want to wipe out Israel and say, no, we've just become them. All their promises become our promises, blah, blah, blah. Not true. God made covenants with them that are with them and God will keep his word because that's what God does. Amen. So that's one of the reasons that I believe people try to replace them or resituate them or become them. But as I read my Bible, I realize now this is a certain group. It happens during the tribulation period. They are Jews. They are virgins. They are sealed and they go out witnessing and they have great fruit during the tribulation period as God is still saving people. So 
as the book of Revelation is the unveiling of Jesus and what does it reveal to us about God, one thing that this book is revealing, this chapter in particular, is that even though this is a time of God's judgment, God is still taking the opportunity to save those that would come to him. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through this very interesting book of Revelation. At first glance, the book can be extremely confusing and downright terrifying. But for the believer, this book brings hope that God will bring and make things right despite all the turmoil that will occur here on earth. Does learning and hearing about Revelation cause some anxiety? Or are you at peace with what God's Word says? Wherever you are at today with these prophecies of things to come, we want you to know that we're praying for you and would love to hear from you. Please call or text us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. If you're looking for a place to plug in, you're welcome to join us for church this weekend too. Check out our service information for Calvary Chapel Inglewood on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. We're offering online services, so look on our website or join our live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. There are links for these on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, be sure to check out more of Pastor Bill's messages from this series and from other books of the Bible. Just look under the media tab for additional messages to listen to, download, or share with others. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time as Pastor Bill looks further into the book of Revelation. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to another edition of A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.